0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good morning. Welcome to NJSBA's Conversations on New Jersey Education, a show dedicated to creating a conversation among those of us in the education community and beyond on the important education issues of the day. Today, it's, uh, I hope that usually I try to bring state leaders and state educators to you. Today, I'm bringing a national figure uh, to the education community in New Jersey. My name is Ray Pinney. I'll be your host on this afternoon, on this morning's special edition of Conversations on New Jersey Education. Today we will not be taking callers on the, on the phone line, but if you want to make any comments, the chat room will be open. Anne-Marie will be moderating the chat room. And if you have a question or, uh, uh, that you want me to pass along, I will pass it along to our guest. You know, oftentimes uh, when I report on the education reform movement in New Jersey to our membership, I'm asked, where did this concept come from? Mo- most local school board members and administrators are so enamored, uh, caught up in their local Issues and the state issues. They don't see what's going on in the big picture beyond. And our guest today, uh, I think, can lend some insight into that because he works for his name is Chester Finn Jr., president of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, a senior fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institute, and chairman of Hoover's Coret Task Force on K-12 Education. He's a noted education scholar and writer. Uh, Please welcome Chester Finn. Welcome, Chester.
0: Thank you, Ray. Nice to be with you today.
1: It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I I attended one of the Fordham Institute's uh, uh, conferences, and I found it very uh, stimulating and interesting to hear the discussion of all points of view on education reform. But for our listeners, please give us a brief overview of what the Fordham Institute does.
0: Yeah, happy to do. We're a smallish uh, think tank that focuses exclusively on primary-secondary education reform, in the United States uh, we 're based in Washington, but we also have an outpost in Ohio for complicated historical reasons, uh, having to do with Thomas B. Fordham, after whom we are named. We have an uh, Ohio presence that 's much more um, on the ground and uh, works directly with uh, legislators and the governor 's staff and charter schools where which we authorize, and um, a whole variety of of uh, school systems um, on the ground in Ohio but about two thirds of our team. And about two-thirds of our budget and our total team is about 20 people about two-thirds is in dc and here we really do function as a um, policy uh, think tank we uh, put out studies we hold events we have a weekly education newsletter we have a very lively blog um, and uh, a nine-member board and um, we focus um, historically mostly on standards testing and accountability on the one hand and uh school choice in its many forms on the other hand but over the last few years and we're about a 15 year old organization by the way last few years we've really added two other major strands of work to our uh, um, research and uh, policy Uh, one is what we call stretching the school dollar trying to get more bang from the buck in education at a time of tight budgets and the other is education governance, uh, which I suspect is of interest to more than a few of your listeners. Um,
1: we've yes, you're, come to, you're correct.
0: come to believe that the ed, the governance structures that we've inherited in American public education aren't working very well anymore, so we're trying to do something about that.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sure some of my members would probably take uh, exception to that, at least in their districts. Uh, but one of the things, um, when I went to your conference, and you might want to touch on this, is how education is governed in the United United States, there's a lot of tiers. It's not just one entity governing it. Do you see that as a problem? I mean, we have the federal government, we have the state government, we have the local government, we have courts, we have unions. Do you see that as a a problem?
0: I do, and we have a lot of other things in between. A lot of their county units, for example, their regional units in many states, Uh, there are... Uh, There's school-building-level governance that's particularly visible in in the charter world, but sometimes in in the regular district world. And then, of course, there's the governance that takes place when the teacher closes the door and is uh, in charge of uh, her classroom. Uh, And I think that these um, layers have become a problem, um, mostly because they are so good at at stymieing one another, such that a change that might be worth making that originates at any one level of the system or layer in the system uh is able to be blocked pretty effectively by all the other layers if they don't want to if they don't want to go along with it so in fact it's actually very difficult to change anything and relatively easy to keep to prevent change from from uh, getting any traction uh in the real world it's not neat tidy layers either um, some people have said that the right metaphor for American education is not the layer cake it's a marble cake uh, because these um, these layers tend to inter- interpenetrate each other uh, so you'll have for example federal regulations reaching down to the building level um, and uh, 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 state regulations um, uh, and, and priorities reaching up to Washington and uh, it's not a a simple um, sort of military command structure. Let's say where the you know the colonel tells the major what to do, who tells the lieutenant what to do. It doesn't work that way.
1: Part of the problem, at least from my perspective, is, but it's not just the influence of these different layers. It's different funding at those different layers. So I'll give you an example. Um, in the district where I live, it's about 95% funded by local property taxpayers so in all due respect to our commissioner uh, Christopher Surf and Arnie Duncan you know a lot of the citizens and the staff members feel they shouldn't have that much influence on what goes on in our district because they're not really paying for most of it so how do we get around yeah. those inf- the, the financial aspect
0: you probably live in a relatively wealthy uh suburban district because in most states those are the communities that end up uh paying for the largest amount uh with their own property taxes or other dollars and typically a low income community gets a much larger fraction of its uh, total total budget from state or federal sources um that's usually the way the formula's uh work right. out and and of course that means that uh that it's very uneven um from place to place um, I actually think that um and and here I'm gonna to begin to get controversial. I actually think <laughs> Thank you. That, that the uh traditional local funding base of American education is one of the things that is now obsolete. Um I think that um it, it breeds um unfairness um from place to place. Uh it breeds a kind of a Uh, fortress mentality where districts put up barriers and don't want to let in the kid from the next district because his uh, parents don't own property uh, in in their district. Um, I think it's uh, completely uh, impractical when it comes to things like virtual education and digital education um, where the cost is actually being borne by a provider somewhere outside the district, uh, sometimes outside the state. Um, And I've come to think well of states, uh, Indiana and Michigan would be examples recently, uh, that have said, you know, education funding is really a state obligation, Um, and yeah, districts may supplement if they want to, but uh, um, all the core funding is going to come from a state tax base and be distributed by the state, and uh, I think that solves some problems rather than creating them. I know it would be a, a very heavy lift for New Jersey to do anything like that, Um, but I think that may be the direction to head.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a a very difficult uh, lift in New Jersey, at least quickly anyway. It would take probably many years to get to that situation, and changing our tax structure is probably pretty difficult. Um, Let's get on to the role of the – well, what what are the major education reforms that you think would change education? I assume you you believe education needs to be reformed, at least through choice and uh, maybe some – changes to the teaching profession and teacher evaluations. What are the two or three things that you think are most important to move education forward?
0: Well, I'd I'd start with um, higher standards and uh, a a rigorous accountability system attached to those standards, which is an accountability system that operates at every level, the kid, the teacher, the school, the district, uh, even the state. Um, I'd... um, make sure that everybody has choices um, so that uh, parents can pick the school that's right for their kid. And uh, I think the state has some obligation here to make sure that the choices are are good ones, are quality choices, not just uh, uh, crummy excuses for bad schools. Uh, And I think that the the, uh, whole HR function of public education, teachers, principals, everybody else needs a thorough makeover in terms of how people are – Prepared and compensated and deployed and licensed and uh, promoted and retained um I think that that's a uh, another fundamental change and just to go to one more um uh, and again to be a little provocative i think you're uh i think the district system that we inherited from the nineteenth century has become uh, dysfunctional in much of america
1: okay so um Oh, there's a lot for me to chew on here. Uh, from your yes. persp- yeah, <laughs> from your perspective, then uh, you-, you talked about the local district model. Um, yes. what well, How does it hinder or promote education reform? W- what do you see as a problem with school governance, local school governance?
0: Well, I think it. Were, I think it was a swell plan for for 1895 um, when people tended to. Uh, live in, in their own com- same community for their whole lives and um, and indeed when most of the funding came from that local community um, and uh, when the teachers were very likely to come from the local community and return to it. Uh, in a modern world um, where, where we have a highly mobile society, where we have uh, people uh, going from fourth grade on in New Jersey to fifth grade in Oregon and vice versa, uh, where we have... Um, Uh, people, teachers and principals and so on, uh, having three or four or five jobs in the course of their careers and being portable themselves, where we have uh, virtual education uh, on a statewide basis in many places and a national basis in some. Um, I think that the uh, local governance based on a geographic concept and uh, local property uh, is not um, applicable to the challenges of today and i also think that the elected local school board has become especially vulnerable to being captured by adult interest groups um, often but not exclusively the teachers union uh... and uh... turned into an agent of the advancement of adult interests rather than kids interests and i think that's not what public education is supposed to be about
1: what's wrong with having a town school i mean mean I grew up, and uh, there's plenty of school districts that are succeeding very well with that model, uh, geography-based. There's a sense of community. Uh, obviously, I know that there are some there are pockets of districts and areas, mostly in the with socio-economic problems where academic achievement lacks. But uh, what's wrong with having a town school as well, your model? Draw-
0: Nothing's wrong with having a town school. Certainly most people wanna, want their kid to go to a building called a school at a location not too far away from their home, and that's that's fine. And that's, that's normal, and that's almost certainly going to continue. But who ought to be in charge of that school? Um, is it uh, an elected school board from that town, which has a total of four schools to be responsible for? Um, is it the state commissioner? Is it something in between? Is it the parents themselves? Is it a self-governing school like a charter school? I don't think that um, that Moses came down from Mount Sinai with a commandment that said, "Thou shalt be governed by a local school board in a something called a school district," uh, just because the the school is located in a town and is a useful and maybe even necessary function for the people that live in that town. Um, I think that um, how it's um, governed and who who makes its policies and who makes its hiring decisions and curriculum decisions and so forth um uh, could be done in a whole lot of different ways not just in the uh in the classic district mode i also think that um the uh places in greatest difficulty in american education um are places where this district model and elected board are really working badly uh, typically in our big cities um but not not exclu- exclusively there and I also think, I don't know anything about your town, I don't even know which town it is, and it wouldn't help if I did, but <laughs> an, awful lot of, an awful lot of suburban America is uh, wrongfully smug about how their schools are working. Uh, they think everything is hunky-dory, but in fact, uh, if you look around the world, uh, this complacent uh, suburban school is really... Uh, not cutting it um, compared to uh, our competitor nations. People think it's all swell, but it's really not in terms of its academic
1: performance. Um, wow. Um, but who would govern? I mean, like, don't you... Uh, a lot of people would say that for a good school system, the, the parents in, need to be involved, the community needs to be involved. It's not just The school principal and the teachers, obviously, a high-quality staff and a great principal, make a world of difference. But having an elected board kind of brings the community into the decision-making process.
0: Well, that's one way. But um, uh, well-functioning charter schools, um, which operate at the building level with a board of their own, usually consisting of parents, um, which hires the principal and the teachers, and the school runs as an independent entity, or sometimes it's part of a little um, a little network of schools or uh, a little nest of schools that uh, may include a primary, a middle, and a high school, or a K or be a K-12 mm-hmm. school. There's nothing wrong with having an elected uh, community school board when it's working well, but uh, um, first of all, there are far too many places where it's not working well, and secondly. Um, if it puts up barriers to uh, kids having choices and being able to move across uh, municipal boundaries and being able to bring in the best uh, virtual education from far away, um, and especially if it gets taken over by adult interest groups, then I think we, we've got to raise questions about whether this is the optimal model for America in the 21st century.
1: Are you? It uh, seems to me you're almost suggesting um, – and maybe you're not, but if you have a district where there's failure, for lack of a better term, uh, and the the achievement's not there, that we don't look at just the curriculum and tenure reform. We look at maybe changing the the governance model in that district.
0: Well, I would. I also say that, however, knowing that uh, New Jersey's experiments with state takeovers have not been all that successful either. Uh, Right. I they've cleaned up some of the financial corruption in um Jersey City and places like that but uh, um I don't think they've turned around the um the educational performance of of, of the place um and so I'm not um advocating a uh, a state takeover of a entire intact bureaucratic school system um mostly what i'm doing frankly at this stage um in my life and career in 2012 is is raising uh doubts about the uh inherited structures i'm not trying to uh form a perfect alternative model that i would then want to apply everywhere
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, i'm uh, we're we're into incidentally here at fordham and jointly with the center for american progress we are into a uh three-year governance reform project that uh uh we're still at the sort of diagnosis and problem description stage uh not at a here's our here's our recommendation for fixing it stage um, in my own experience um a a well-run uh charter school with a competent authorizer that is in turn accountable to the state uh, assuming that the state is competent these are big assumptions.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I was going to say that you have the word if there a couple times, okay?
0: I know. And 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 that's important because competence um and human capacity and, and and goodwill and having the kids interests at heart matters hugely in this business. And there's no real good substitute for it. There's no structural um cure for uh, human incompetence or selfishness. Uh
1: Now when when and, you describe the oh, yeah. When you describe a well-run uh, charter school, that actually almost yeah. to me sounds like a well-run school district, too. A little different modifications here and there, but a well-run school district has uh, parents or members of the community. They hire a superintendent, yeah. and and they report to the state, obviously. Uh, so that's not that well, much different, is it?
0: Um Keep in mind that I think your frame of reference here, understandably, is, is New Jersey, which the last time I looked has, Yeah, I apologize has, for that.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a great state. It's a great state. It is. And I really like those beefsteak tomatoes, too. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the you, you, last time I looked, you had about twenty four, twenty five hundred 2,500 schools and about 600 and some school districts. And uh, that averages out to about four schools per district. Um mm-hmm and um and and if you subtracted uh, Newark and Camden and so on you'd have even fewer than four schools per remaining district.
1: Yes, we have quite uh, a few one district build one building districts.
0: Yeah, and that is like a charter school frankly. Um with the one the one building district and the three the three building districts are all aren't all that different. But uh, most of America is in most kids in America are places more like Chicago and Montgomery County, Maryland and Miami-Dade, Florida and Houston Independent School District and places with hundreds of thousands of kids and hundreds and hundreds of schools and big bureaucracies. And mm-hmm. um, and in an awful lot of those places, that big bureaucracy uh, is uh, run by a uh a board that is heavily influenced um, by the union and other adult interests, uh, and, and there are many of them, bus drivers and textbook publishers and ed schools and right on down the list. Uh, and the needs of the kids in those districts, especially the poor kids and the minority kids, often get neglected here. So I, I think it's it's, mm-hmm. it's actually wrong to to think of the uh, the the, the one or two or three school district as being typical of america it's certainly not where where the biggest problems are located i think the biggest problems in the in the small districts are a kind of inefficiency that comes with having that much uh superstructure on top of a tiny number of, of of students uh and maybe complacency uh the kind that comes from saying well uh, you know, we're in the 90, 90th percentile of the state, so we must be doing just fine. And never looking over your shoulder to see how that compares with Korea or Shanghai or um, uh, or or the Czech Republic.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a, one of your quotes. And I want to get down to a couple because I'm really enjoying your uh, thoughts. But in your article, The, the Anachronism of School Boards, um, you, yourself and uh, Amber Winkler put – Putting it bluntly, would public education come closer to serving the country's needs in 2011, this was written last year, if it were run by visionary reform-driven leaders rather than cautious community-based fiduciaries? Um, But who decides who's the visionary reform-driven leader? How do you pick Uh, that person?
0: That's a fair question. I'm not the czar, and I wouldn't want to be. Um, And uh, um, I think that... um, uh, if you sat down, though, with a, let's say, a Chris Cerf, um and said, uh, um, what do the children of New Jersey need in school that they're not getting today? Uh, you might get a very different answer mm-hmm. uh, than from a lot of the local superintendents that have been doing what they've been doing for the last 20 years. Uh, I think that people get very set in their ways. I think they get very habituated to uh, traditional routines. Um, and... Uh, Uh, I mean, just to give you the the, the simplest example, um, uh, most of our public schools still operate on this uh, 6 hour 180-day year. Uh, And uh, uh, that doesn't work for learning time, in my experience, and it doesn't work for parents' daycare needs, and it doesn't work for anything, actually, in 2012, except that that's the way we've always done it.
1: Well, I think uh, that's probably gets to one of those other layers we talked about uh, called union contracts. Because um, I know yep. many school districts have tried to get extra time with their students and expand a day and um, getting an extra 10 minutes a day is may take months and months of negotiation. Yes,
0: well that's... Unfortunately, you've just illustrated my point about adult interests rather than kids' interests.
1: Yes, and I think our... our Probably our association of members would agree with some of your uh, reform measures in that area in terms of tenure reform and teacher contracts. Uh, because we need to... If you we, if we want to change those models, that that's a much more difficult process. Um, Agreed.
0: Um, but Im- important steps that need to be taken if we're serious about the country's competitiveness or the kids' uh, um, high-quality education.
1: And that's one... Uh, I guess that... One of the advantages that charter schools have is that they can get around those contracts at generally least in speaking. The, right well they're
0: cause they're generally starting from scratch without those um without those obligations of uh, uh inherited
1: um a couple of the other issues that and I heard brought up at <coughs> excuse me at your um uh conference what about merrily controlled boards at least for i don't think you mean that for the small districts probably but for the larger districts, of cities. Is that something that might be an alternative?
0: Yeah, it's not a perfect remedy because, of course, it depends on the mayor. But the most exciting thing going on in Ohio right at this moment, for example, is the mayor of Cleveland, who is um, um, sort of partway in charge of the school system already, um, has hit the legislature with a pretty radical overhaul of just about everything uh, in the Cleveland public schools. Um, this would not have come... I don't think from an elected board, uh, but it is coming from a crusading mayor that sees his city dying under under uh his his feet and uh, knows that some radical action needs to be taken i think um uh new york uh chicago uh boston uh, d c have all benefited enormously from having the mayor in charge of their schools um in recent years now i unfortunately, I can also name some mayors where um they wouldn't do a good job, or they don't care uh, mm-hmm. about education. So, uh, universally turning over schools to mayors is not a is not a cure all. But uh, if you've got an education minded mayor, uh, having him or her in charge of the school system is likely to be better for the kids in that city.
1: Oops, me, I lost you there for a second. Um, so, uh, mayor controls not great in every. S- it's situation, yeah, no. It's,
0: you gotta have gotta have a mayor that wants to that 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 cares about education and has got some some guts um, and some some persistence. Um, but they I could get Bloomberg, unelected too. Yeah, and uh, people in New York, for example, uh, where I think Bloomberg's done a really terrific job of of, of uh, beginning to turn around the biggest school system in America, but people in New York are understandably worried about who's going to be mayor after Bloomberg and uh are these reforms going to last um once uh once somebody else is in office but that kind of risk is something we take at every um every level of government in every area whether it's foreign policy or medicare policy and uh um every time there's a change of leadership at a state or a or a, a city or a school district for that matter i mean there are revolutions on school boards too and the whole new slate of people comes in and the superintendent leaves and everything changes.
1: So it uh, seems to me we're getting back to that word, if again, uh, and the competency of the leadership, no matter what form uh-huh. it takes. And it, it's a hard thing to... Um, it's You
0: can't pre create a system that is, that is uh, foolproof in the sense that if fools take charge of it, um, it will still work well. I don't think there is any such thing in any line of human work uh whether it's a corporation or a television network or a uh or a restaurant uh which gets goes great with a- with the right chef and then uh you get a new chef and the place falls apart
1: so would you be support so we have different ways of governing schools depending on their size I think so. and and see, that's one of the problems that I see. And I'm not criticizing that issue, but one of the when we create laws at a state level, it seems that we try to do one size fits all.
0: I and, know, and, and what
1: works for a one-building district or a four-building district may not work for a thirty-building district. So yeah,
0: and and yeah.
1: The state laws are always that way. So um, I'm not sure how but to get got, around that.
0: You've got some variation in it already, uh, for better or worse. In New Jersey, you've got the state takeover districts. Uh, You've got the charter schools. Um, these are both um, exceptions to the to the norm that the, that you described, where the state has actually said, "Hmm, the the regular arrangement isn't working in this place. Let's try a different one." Um, and you got something else again going on in Newark right now uh, with an energized education-minded mayor uh, trying to take uh, trying to work with the governor. Actually, as I understand it,
1: mm-hmm. to uh,
0: Turn around that big troubled school system.
1: Um one of the things and you may not be familiar with this, um in New Jersey the Charter School movement has um has met some obstacles in our suburban districts. Um uh, yes. because uh and probably goes back to my original point on the financial end. Uh because they feel it's a not a good use of their property tax resources to establish a new uh school district how do we get around that because uh that's the community saying that they don't want a charter school
0: yes suburban districts um generally speaking fight against charter schools so do urban districts by the way uh it's one of the reasons i don't think the district should have the final say on 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 charter schools because i think they're I think the districts get very selfish about their enrollments and their money, and not again are not necessarily thinking about what's good for the kids. Kids don't go to charter schools if they're happy with their district school. please keep that in mind. um They only go to charter schools if they have some uh reason to want to to get out of their district school uh, mm-hmm. and uh so it's kind of like uh symptom of a problem that a district may not want to solve but that the charter school is a solution to from the standpoint of the of the of the kids that need it uh but all over the place um suburban districts are particularly loath to allow charter schools to start um it mostly has to do with money and uh, and the enrollment that is related to money uh and uh um i think it's another example i'm afraid of what i was talking about Adult interests okay, um, trumping the interests of of kids. Okay. In um, other words, in other words, I don't have much sympathy for districts that want to hold on to the kids because it's important to their budget, even if the kids would like to escape.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of times though, it, it does get down to money to a certain degree that they give up some of the money, but they, they still have to at least the way the charter school law works in New Jersey and I only have a New Jersey reference for charter schools um is they lose the the money that goes comes with that child but they don't they they don't cut any staff or anything because of the way that they lose students um
0: well that's but, frankly a, a, a true but it's also an example of bad management by the district uh which isn't any districts are no good at shrinking in America and they're great at growing. Um, but um, when you know uh, 30 kids leave, um, it really means that you do need a one fewer teacher, which might mean that the second and third grade have to be combined, which districts don't want to do, so they don't do it. So they keep both the second grade and the third grade teacher um, and thus uh, uh, keep their cost structure without uh, realizing any of the savings. Let me add though that in almost everywhere in America, I'm not real clear on New Jersey's financing of charter schools, but almost mm-hmm. everywhere in America, uh the charter schools get way less per pupil than the district schools. Um they are they're radically underfunded.
1: Yeah, they get about 90% of the funding which comes through in New Jersey it funnels right through the local district, which to me sets up a uh a competition uh and not a situation where yeah. districts should be collaborating. On what's best for students, they're fighting over resources as opposed to uh, working together. And oh, usually, when you when you have money, fighting over money, you're not going to work together that well. Uh, which gets me to another situation. Could we have districts and some districts that would love to set up their own charter school, maybe to get around some of the, the contract laws? Um, yes. And would that be okay? We, we're not allowed to do it in New Jersey, uh, but would that be okay with you if the district was able to set up their own charter school
0: yeah a lot of a lot of states this is is allowed and is happening and is encouraged by the district and does um create a kind of all kinds of flexibility actually that um that that the regular system can't uh produce it can uh do it without the contract teacher union contract it can do it on a different schedule it can sometimes do it with a, curric- a different curriculum it can sometimes cater to families that have a particular need or enthusiasm um yeah it's absolutely fine and um there's a a number of these um in Ohio for example where the district is the authorizer and in and in New York City that and Chicago the district was often the instigator of the charter school uh so I'm I'm all for that
1: Okay, I have a someone from a chat room had a question and I'm trying to understand it. Um <laughs> Mr. No, okay. I'll, be,
0: I'll bet you that uh, the that Chris Surf would be in favor of districts being free to create charter schools as well in New Jersey. Ask him.
1: Uh I actually I think I agree with you on that. I'm not sure if our legislators would be as agreeable. Uh on no, that.
0: If if your legislators are not agreeable, it's because somebody else is tugging
1: their chain. Okay. Um, before I get into this question, I, I just have um, – what do we do? You mentioned that New Jersey has some other models with charter schools and um, state takeover districts. Yeah. Uh, but one of the problems that I see is – and you alluded to it, this, and I think I've even heard Commissioner Surf say the record of state takeover is very spotty. That makes everyone else lukewarm to other reform measures uh, because they're like, how much those sort of state has done a great job there, and even in the financial end that you talked about there were, a few years ago there was an incident where there was some problems fiscal, you know financially um mm. so is there any other besides Merrill control? is there anything else that you've looked at?
0: well, I mentioned the Merrill control I mentioned the uh the 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 charter school option there are other situations where of course this will raise other eyebrows and hackles but where districts merge and a successful uh, superintendent or school board takes charge of one that was that was uh, floundering and um, and failing Um, there are others that are um, private sector outsourcing where uh, basically somebody it could be the county it could be the state it could be the district uh, it could be parents breaking away uh, puts their school in the hands of a private operator on an outsource basis uh, t- to run their school. Um, in uh, California and a couple other states, they now have what's called a parent trigger, where parents, if 51% of them are unhappy with the, uh, how their school is working, they can basically secede uh, from the district um, with their, and take their school with them and create what amounts to a charter school, but uh, instigated by unhappy parents, um, I mean, there are other governance models, and I think were there others others waiting to be invented.
1: Uh, the question I got from someone in the, um, on the chat room is, uh, Chester, you're looking at schools on a global level because you're a big uh, or national level. Uh, for New Jersey, why would anyone want to change something that works well, which it does in the majority of school districts? And I think you answered that, but you can touch on it again. And um, yeah, you want to answer well, that we- one
0: works well means people are content which doesn't mean the kids are learning all they should be that's my biggest beef with uh what i'm going to call suburban complacency and we see it not just in new jersey i live in montgomery county maryland which is as complacent a school system as there is on the face of the earth and most people would say it's a good one but uh, um uh, let me let me again suggest uh, compare compare shanghai and ask whether it is good enough and the answer is no. Even though the parents are content, it is not good enough. And somebody needs to be making this argument.
1: Um, and the second part of this question is, districts are subject to administration changing all the time. Uh, we have a kind of a merry-go-round in school administration in in uh, New Jersey. Uh, and then the district seems to have to always change the the dance to the new music. How How do we work around that? You know, where the administrations are always changing, and reform changes. So a lot of teachers say, I'll just wait out this reform because it's...
0: Yeah, I, I agree that that is a problem. Uh, uh, I, I'm i surprised uh, to hear that, that, that the, the whole state is subject to administrator dancing. Generally speaking, it was my impression that uh, uh, urban school districts have a revolving door, uh, about two or three years per superintendent, but that... Uh, Suburban districts tend to hang on to people for ten, fifteen, twenty years at the at the superintendent level. Maybe that's not true, or maybe that's not true in New Jersey. But uh, um, the the what is to be a source of stability? Well, first ask whether we're dealing with a situation that ought to be stable or ought to be changing. Um, that is to say, if it's working really, really well uh, on a on world class then yeah you want to worry about stabilizing it but if it's um, not working well for very many people uh then you do want to change it and then the issue is this reform of the day problem this this uh this constant churn which does indeed make teachers and others kind of uh, kind of jaded and oblivious and say well wait out this one and then there'll be another uh latest best thing um I don't have a, a good answer for this in a uh, democratic society that where governments keep changing and where elections keep happening. Uh, same thing obviously happens to our, I don't know, our mass transit program and uh, uh, our uh, uh, health care programs. So there, there's no really good answer to this one other than, if the change is is a good one, uh, it's worth making, and if it works well, the next people in are likely to, to stick with it.
1: Yeah, you use that word if again. Um,
0: I know. There's a I lot know. of in it, because
1: it. And the second the, – another part of that question, and this is something that probably happens in every state, and we kind of alluded to it with the mayoral control, we change governors every four years um, – and so that the new policy changes occur then at the state level. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Maybe Chris Cerf is not here in two years. Maybe there's a new governor, uh, and then we have a new philosophy, and it, it's kind of hard to buy into any reform, good or bad. Um, sometimes you have good reform, and you want to do it, and then it's taken away.
0: Agreed. Uh that's true though again of everybody i've watched um elected local school boards though sometimes they're very stable i've watched them be captured by uh... Um, uh... sometimes it's a reform slate sometimes it's a union slate um wants to change things and uh, uh... it isn't i don't think we should view the uh... elected local school board as as um... a bulwark of stability in every case and 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 to repeat myself mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's a Sometimes it's a bulwark of stability for keeping something in place, but it really isn't working very well for the kids.
1: So um, I guess we kind of agree that it, when we go back to that, my one of my first questions about all these different levels, they, and they're always changing. And I agree, board members do change. So you could have the board change, you could have the state government change, you could have the federal government change, and then we're – it's hard to have stability that way.
0: Yes, sir. Well, I think we are in agreement.
1: Um, what is the – Getting all, uh, off on the school governance just for a second, um, what do you think would be the biggest change uh, in the large cities that would really effectuate change? Because I'm asked that a lot because it seems we go back and forth. You know, we have charter schools and there's pockets, some that are very successful, some that are not.
0: Yeah.
1: W- what is the what is the solution to uh, uh, our, helping our poorest students?
0: Well, unfortunately, the biggest change is one that is way beyond the reach of public policy uh, and government action, which is to have uh, um, uh, educated, caring, attentive, uh, responsible parents uh, from the day the kid is born, um, making good choices um, about uh, that kid's education. But if we can't have that uh, and we are dependent upon schools and other institutions, uh, then I've become something of a fan of the what some people call the high the high touch schools models like the kip schools the achievement first schools that tend to tend to sweep up a kid for um a very long day and year and kind of surround that kid with uh not just good teachers but also good role models and um and plenty of help with uh homework and things like that um and also frankly minimum time uh, on the streets to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh these, these uh in a few cases here in DC we have something called the Seed School, SCED, which is for high school kids. It's a residential school. Uh like a, like an urban boarding school for kids from really troubled backgrounds. Um it's these kinds of 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 high-touch schools uh, are relatively expensive and they're hard to staff because they're very demanding of teachers. Uh but uh I think that may be uh, what kids in really tough circumstances need. If we can't, uh, if we can't fix their parents.
1: <laughs> um, in your article on uh, board members, I'm going back. Uh, one of your concerns um, was that uh, there was a survey done nat- nationally on school board members. They polled them that they don't seem yeah. to be concerned with academics as much as uh, softer issues. Could you explain that?
0: Well, this was a National School Boards Association big survey about a year ago that uh, uh, Frederick Hess at the American Enterprise Institute did the ma- major analysis of, and it's worth it's worth actually all your listeners having a look at. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of, some of the questions that were uh, troubling to Amber Winkler and me um, uh, suggested that uh, um, kind of rigor and achievement were not at the top of most school board members' priority list. That softer, softer qualities like, you know, quote, educating the whole child uh, or preparing kids um, uh, for life uh, were things they assigned greater uh, value, higher priority to than uh, um, than high achievement and international competitiveness and things like that. So we were troubled. That board members, while the things they favor are not are not unimportant, we were troubled that they ranked these these hard accomplishments lower than these more generic or softer accomplishments.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I've done and at one point I've done some goal setting with districts. I think that's sometimes taken as a given, and they want to go beyond that. But I'm not sure how the it was worded in there. Uh, that's bringing us to the end of this uh, interview. Uh, Chester, I'd like to thank you for joining me. Uh, It was a pleasure. Uh, I wrote an article and wasn't always agreeing with you, and I thought it was very good of your uh, association to print it. So thank you for joining me, Chester. Happy to be with you. All the best. Okay. All right, and goodbye to our listeners. Thank you.